Well, 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 what do we have here? It looks to be like a, a podcast. <laughs> a podcast that I haven't visited in a little while. It hasn't been that long. It's been like a week. But this is late. Assured, assuredly, this is late. We know this is late because yesterday I recorded the final overview of The Great Hunt with Alex and... Uh, what we're going to look at here today is the previous two recordings. I'm so behind, maybe specifically with The Great Hunt, but uh, we finished the book. Here are some of our thoughts on kind of the, probably like the fourth quarter, kind of the real final push, you know, the final uh, home stretch of the book. And uh, the next time that we talk about The Great Hunt on this podcast, we will be doing the overview of the whole book and what happened. Uh, but before that, we have uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5, which was actually really funny. Uh, I invited a couple people to watch the movie and discuss it this time, so it kind of was a little bit... Well, it was very funny, I thought. Uh, it's lively, and, uh, well, it'll have its own content warnings and stuff, and we'll see. I don't know. You know, I like talking to people one-on-one -on -one and letting, making sure that they get their own time to talk, and, you know, sometimes I've done some of these episodes where I talk to one person and then another, and I present both of them, and I think this might be the... Well, no, we've done Locke and um, Saint, so... There have definitely been episodes with more than one guest, and uh, so the upcoming Nightmare on Elm Street 5 one will be like that, and we'll see what else happens in the future. I'm still talking to some people about Tears of the Kingdom or maybe just Zelda in general, so there may be another Zelda episode coming up, but basically today we're going to talk about the, the sort of ending or most of... This is the penultimate Great Hunt conversation. This is the stuff leading up to the ending. We're not really going to talk about the ending. We will talk about that after we talk about A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, which is next. And I think that really wraps up what's going on. Yeah, it's summer. I'm feeling very burned out. But, you know, I'm here. I'm still working on stuff. And actually, uh, this month has been a lot of very big things have been happening, uh, you know, for my little soap company and uh, some of my other projects. So, I mean, things are sailing right along. I'm doing good. It's not... I've had, you know... There have been times when I have complained about burnout because I'm unable to work at all. But right now, I really am... I feel like I really am following the path of the beam these days. So anyone listening to this, anyone on this journey with me, and Jesus, anyone that supports this nonsense, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, check out koyadk.tv. And obviously, I'll mention all my bullshit at the end. But for now, let's talk to Alex. Let's see what's going on. Alex and Jasper, probably, at some point during this. Yeah, so did we read Did we read a lot of chapters this week? Uh, I think we read a decent amount. We read slightly more than one a day. If I'm doing the math right. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how to do math, so I'm glad that you're paying attention in that case. <laughs> Doesn't matter too much. We're progressing at the pace that we really want to, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So where we left off. So we... Yes. Rand was about to sneak into the fireworks factory and cause a big disaster. Which he did. 
Um, and Celine was very unhappy with him not um, being brave enough to fight every single Frolic by himself. Seems odd because she seems, I don't know, a lot of the time she seems pretty smart, but. Well, she's very obsessed with him being famous and. Even if it gets him absolutely killed? <laughs> well, I mean, maybe. Killed, she, she thinks that he's capable of doing it, and technically he is. Like, if he can control, you know, the one power, he certainly would be able to. Oh. Right, so maybe that's her angle, huh? It's possible, you know. I mean, he's channeled before in front of Aes Sedai, and they didn't know that he was doing it, so... Right. He, in fact, channels in front assume. of a bunch of people. Yeah, who... we can <laughs> assume that they don't automatically know when a man is channeling. Even if right. she is sure. yeah, yeah, a channeler yeah. in some regards, as much as she denies being an Aes Sedai. She's someone. She's up to something. Her whole stinky yes. situation stinks. The wolves have the scent of a a new stranger traveling the land. Shadow killer. Shadow killer. <laughs> I love that Ingtar is like that. Must be something from the Dark One. Like, <laughs> why? Why would you think that? that <laughs> it's like, why would that be something good? For for the shadow, like shadow killer. That doesn't make any sense, Ingtar. Well, well, well. <laughs> I assume Ingtar understood the, you know, the annotation, but, uh, you know, something called a shadow killer could be, well, you know, a killer shadow. The shadow yeah. killer. The guy that kills in the shadow. <laughs> not necessarily the killer of shadow i can understand the immediate connection like oh hey is that a fade but like once that's like no that's clearly not a fade they, they don't hate it they don't dislike it they don't think it's evil mm -hmm. it's something that they're in awe of you wouldn't mm -hmm. immediately go well it's got to be something else from the dark one like no the wolves the wolves are not a creature of the dark one so did they and they hate creatures of the dark one they don't hate this thing clearly it's not a creature of the dark one just some logical steps that understandably Ingtar doesn't take because he's, you know, he's a borderlander. Everything in his life is about fighting the shadow. So sure. Yeah. He's going to see it everywhere. And that makes a lot but of apparently sense. Apparently illuminators are almost as bad as Trollocs in terms of killing people without. Asking. Yeah. They want to keep their fireworks a secret. Fireworks are a big secret. Yes. They're they're worried that someone's gonna find out that they're easy to bake. <laughs> That's what yes. it's, they're they're keeping yes. their industrial <laughs> corporate secrets. Yeah, yeah, by killing people. Find out that they're just putting peanuts in a tube. Right. <laughs> really? That's yeah. Kind of surprising from firework makers. To have such brutal policies. Well, considering, like, 
they like they are the prime source of entertainment at festivals for entire kingdoms like and they're they considered to be they're considered to almost be magicians with what they are doing it's almost yeah almost sorcery alchemy of magical fire in the sky yeah and you'd imagine that they're charging like easily six or seven hundred times as much as it costs to make the fireworks just because they're selling to royalty yeah and if anyone can do it and they can do it for that cheap that price will get cut down very very quickly by a very very large margin (laughs) so they they definitely have um Valid got, reason to send it that, that, that <laughs> for good reason. Shit, shit to, they got shit to look after. And they're, yeah. and so people with that much money and power are the kind of people that get away with hiring armed guards that will kill anyone who approaches. Yeah. yeah. Like, it would be one thing if they were like, oh, we just take in orphans and stuff and we teach them to be illuminators. I'd be like, okay, if you're just taking money from, like, kingdoms and stuff, from, like, the r- really, really rich people and just, like, giving orphans a chance to have a better life i can i can but no they're they're very insular and like they're they more or less at one point they talk about like basically they interbreed because anyone that's not like directly related to an illuminator basically can never become an illuminator wow so wow so a whole thing so a whole thing oh okay yeah, that is <laughs> so it's very like, poo, no, I'm not, not a fan of that. Okay, so yeah, but, so not a yeah, good reason, but it's a valid reason. We're gonna hear from these firework men again. I guess I yeah. should, I guess I should know that anything that I see, I'm gonna, we're gonna hear about it again. It's kind oh, yeah. of, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's kind now, of what it is, yeah. And some of the later stuff we're talking about today, like it seems very minor, but it it's only going to be another a minor part that they play later on. But like they will come back, so it's like it's very um, the the ladies specifically at the corner ran. They yes. will specifically be named and like brought back up in a very. Uh... One of them is named Elaine. Yes. Uh, Mr. Jordan is starting to run out of names. <laughs> Elaine and Elaine. There's already yeah. an Elaine. <laughs> well, remember Elaine's Different spelling. father is Cairngale Damadred, so that's uh, he's she's the daughter of a Cairnian. So having a Cairnian sounding name in an Andorian uh, spelling. Sure. It's certainly very valid. <laughs> um, who is Elaine? Who is the princess's father? Terengale Damondred. Ta- Terengale Damondred. How is he related to Barathenes? <laughs> Barath- I got it written down. I said it a different way in my head every time I read it. Bertold. Barathenes? Barathenes? Barathanes? How is Barathanes Damadred? How is how is Barathanes related to Elaine's father? They are close cousins, far as I recall. Okay. I don't remember the exact. Um, I almost you did not describe Galad to me as a Damadred. 
Yes, he is. He's Galadedrid Damadred. Lord Galadedrid Damadred. Are all three of them Damadreds, but from different Damadreds? Or am I confused over um, who's a brother no, and who's a half-brother? No, Tarangale Damadred was originally um, betrothed to the... Um, I'm trying to remember her name. It'll come up in a bit, but um, the, the original... No, the original um, inheritor of the throne before Morgase took the throne. Okay. So the daughter heir before Morgase took okay. the throne. So they had Galad, and then she ran away, and then he waited oh. for Morgase to ascend the throne. They all have the same father. father. They all have the same father. They have a different mother. Oh, I guess I had that backwards. I thought that they all yeah. had the same mother. Okay. So they're all they're all damadreds. Okay. Okay. However, Elaine and Gawain go by Trecan because they're specifically like they are um they were raised to be the queen and uh marshal general of Andor. So sure. Trecan is obviously the name that they'll use for it. Anyone related to King Galdrian Riatin? Uh not yet. I don't think we've okay. seen a reason yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the king of Carrion. Yeah, Gaudrin is the one that took over for Lamon, who is the one who cut down the tree. Yeah, Lamon got his ass kicked. Bozo. Yeah, which is why the Damadreds are not on the throne right now, and why there's the rivalry between Damadreds and... Was it Lamon Damadred? Yes. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. Now I got shit. All right. Now I got a. Now I got a, a sense of what's a going on. A lot of here. like interconnected. <laughs> just, just wait. There's one more character that you know of that's connected to all of this, and you're going to be like, "That's ridiculous." <laughs> well, Moraine is from here. Moraine is from Carhian. Yes. Okay. So I know at least that much. Yes. You know she's Carhian, which also means that she's short. Yes. Which wasn't really like. They kind of mentioned that she wasn't like super tall, but they never like were like, "Oh, she's super short." Until they're like, "Yeah, she's an average height for Kerhian," and they're like, "Yeah, Kerhian has come up to like under Rand's chest." It's like, "Oh, so she's really short." <laughs> I feel like, yeah. I guess they don't specifically. I don't know I if they really specifically describe like, her height, but I definitely yeah. she's definitely described as small and petite. Yeah, like smaller, but like, but not really by like, height. Like they don't they don't ever say like yeah she's, you know, five feet tall. Yeah, she's like a head shorter than Egwene. Right. Which they don't really like. They don't even like compare her height to Egwene. They they are like right. oh Rand like sees her as short, but like everyone sees her as short. <laughs> Which is, I like that because it's like, it's something, again, it's the thing of like building up over time. You don't need to like give every single detail of the person that you're describing. Sure. Yeah. Like, and like you just build it up over like relative comparison to other people and like the, their general like background and stuff like that. And it, it helps build, build the connection really. Because if yeah. you say, like, oh, she's short, and then you say every other Kerhianen is short, you're, you don't really make the connection. But if you're like, oh, she's the average height for a Kerhianen, and then you're like, oh, yeah, by the way, Kerhianen are all super short, you go, oh, so she's actually really short because she's Kerhianen. And, like, it's a whole level of connection 
difference, you know? Yeah, we sort of, yeah. And uh, that's, that's kind of how you do it. Is the, the, the sort of this sort of a slow step by step process of world building, which we've sort of you know we've touched yeah. on here and there, but that's exa- that's an exact that's a great example of it, yeah, yeah. And again, like I I say it over and over again. I've probably said it at least once per per episode, but like he's <laughs> a master of world building. Like yeah, <laughs> I like really, and then still at this point in the second book, it's really now really well. It's been a slow process of it really coming together, but I really now, you know, I feel more than ever like I know what's going on in this world. Sorry for interrupting. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. And it's, it's very funny because it's like, um, it's so subtle that most like people doing reviews of it or people, particularly people complaining about it, they're like, oh, the world building, you know, isn't that great. And it's like, well, (laughs) you, you need to do a real in-depth analysis. You have to read several books. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Before everyone gets back together, uh, the boys who are not Team Rand encounter an Ailman in the woods. Yeah. yeah. What's that and guy doing here? Him. Sorry, what was the? And Masema charges him. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I'm not all worried. He just wants to dance. <laughs> they seem so you can what the dance is. Yeah. <laughs> they seem yeah, to be an unbothered people. The alien. Yeah. Um, Very unconcerned with dying. Um, yeah, we get a lot of like hints about the culture of Aiel and kind of how they how they interact with within themselves and how they view themselves right and he's not wearing his veil so he's not out murdering yes <laughs> um speaks of the maidens of the spear this upsets Varen to some extent who feels that something strange is happening with a weaving or a pattern or She's she's very rushed all of a sudden about something going on with some pattern that's being woven somewhere. Yes. Well, the weave, the great weave that the wheel of time is spinning. Yes, that one. Yeah. I mean, he's looking for he who comes with dawn, which, I mean, we can pretty easily extrapolate who that would be related to. We have an idea. Yeah, we have an idea of exactly who that is. <laughs> Matt and Perrin both are like, yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, they know too. Yeah, everyone knows. Matt and Perrin have been very anxious these past few chapters. Really, most of yes. this book, but they're really, yeah, they know. They're like, wow, Rand's gonna uh, destroy the world. That's great. I wonder how we feel about that. Not very good. Yeah. I also find it funny that uh, even the IEL know, like, when when she was like, "Oh, I'm not going to try to harm you or force you," he's like, "Yeah, why does one say that too?" But <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll wheedle the information out of me one way or another. Nobody trusts a wise lady. Um, yeah. So then we have, uh, is it Sean Chan? Sean Sean, yeah. Sean Sean. Uh, Sean Sean. 
These guys are returning to collect on a promise that was made to them some time ago. Yeah, mentions that they're the armies of. Uh, I don't know why the name is escaping me. Mm. Eagle guy. An evil guy. Um, eagle. Oh, the eagle, eagle guy, uh, Arthur. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Are they the? Queen. They are. They are. Okay, they are they are the armies of Arthur Hawkwing. I yeah, I mean that's the implication being made because they came from across the Earth Ocean, which is where the armies of Heart of Hawkwing were sent. Okay, along with some of the children. Okay, <clears throat> but they're coming back with monstrous beasts, and they're behaving terribly and enslaving people and doing murders and rampages yeah. and taking boats by force on the open ocean yes and they mentioned one specific type of monster that they have a three-eyed cat lizard three-eyed uh green leathery skin creature with a beak yes which very reminiscent of another monster that we've seen we've seen a three-eyed monster with a beak Yes. Like I said, everything is connected, and it's very... <laughs> the uh, Emerald Dream. Oh, did they see... Oh, they saw... Oh! Oh, wow! I can't and believe... Wow! <laughs> I totally forgot that they were, that they fought a bunch of monsters when they were in, yeah, the... <laughs> in the Emerald Dream. In that world that might have been... I absolutely, yeah. yeah. I seriously, that part had just sort of, I don't know, it had gone out of my mind until you reminded me. Yes, and we find out that the Swindelar that um, Domon has is specifically a seal to the Dark One's prison. We yep. know that. He, does, he doesn't, He does and I don't believe Turak knows it either, but Turak now has two of the seals of the prison. And uh, these guys keep witches on chains, as well yes. as having monsters with them. Yes. These are bad guys. Cer certain, I mean, it's certainly one way to control them. Uh, there's One is the three O's, the other is to keep them on leashes. Mm -hmm. They are very, uh, very strict about their um, hierarchy. Yeah. And laws. Is there... Did, what is the connection? Is there a connection between these people and the questioners? Like, is there some? Were they saying that some of the questioners had begun to had had become allied with these Shanshan? Uh, some of the questioners were wearing some of the um, armor and clothing that the Shanshan were wearing, and some right. of the questioners were wearing clothing that Terraboners were wearing. Right. Okay. So the questioners are ally are. Who knows who they are allied with? If anyone, <laughs> they're just trying to cause war. Okay. Yeah, it does yeah. seem that way. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and the leader of the questioners. Do you, did you catch his name? I, I don't think so. Okay, it's Jackim Carradin. Jackim Carradin. Yeah. Jaikim Keridan. J-A-I-C-H-I-M. C 
C-A-R-R-A-D-I-N. No, I, I guess I did not catch that, no. All right. I didn't catch it the first time through either, so I don't blame you. We're going to see him again? Very briefly. Oh, yeah, he's going to be real important. Okay. <laughs> um, I noticed that Rand spots a man in Shinaran armor who then ducks away and melts back into the crowd. Yes. And there was a guy in Shinaran armor at the meeting of dark friends in the in the prelude to this book. Indeed there was. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, the other thing that I was going to mention, the other thing that I was going to mention um I'll remember it at some point. I'll, I'll uh, yeah, I'm sorry. We were talking about the the leaders uh, or the Sean Sean guy who has the seals. Go ahead. Yeah, the uh, Sean Sean armor specifically. Yes. Yeah. The did you kind of get what what kind of armor it is specifically? Uh, that it looks like an insect. That I I was literally picturing. You know, armor polished to be shaped, you know, like insect faces um, and insect, uh, you know, beetle looking armor. I'm pretty sure it's a barbute. A barbute? I mean, if I'm remembering the name of the helmet. Yeah, it's a barbute. Barbute. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, ornamented with some type of feather or quill or yeah. something like that? Okay, to yeah. make it look feather insect, and it, it appears with an insectoid. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they talk... It does, it does look like mandibles if you're used to just, like, helmets being worn open face. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah. It's the um, Magneto helmet. <laughs> That's what yeah, we're looking at. They're all yeah. Magneto. Magneto yeah. helmets, okay. They're all wearing uh, full plate. Yeah. So oh, yeah, very, yeah like, right, okay. Medieval England, like, knights type of thing. And uh, okay. if you can tell me, if you can at any point tell me what their accent is accurately, I will be astonished. Oh, wow. Well, I will certainly pay closer attention in that case. It's described very well, like for a like if you were any foreigner, like that's probably the first thing that you would pick up about the accent. But like, it's just it's not it's not something that's easy for me, at least. I don't think for most for most Americans, it would be easy to to pick out. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'll keep my I will keep my mental ears open. <laughs> yeah. I, I I did say before, like I I love the way that he uses accents and the way that he uses like because like the alienaire accent is pretty noticeable, like and pretty easy to guess generally what it is. So, and I, well, I I don't think I've not encountered much alienaire accent so far doman. in these books oh, oh doman oh yeah he's a scottish man a pirate a yeah, scottish yeah. pirate very, man okay very, very <laughs> obvious and easy to like pick up on like he's got a super super thick alienaire accent and like obviously it's very scottish so <laughs> yeah that's how it do be um 
So herein, the sniffer fucks up. Someone cracks him on the skull. <laughs> yeah. Lights the place on fire. Really, the most important thing anyone is doing at this point in time is herein, the sniffer, who is supposed to be guarding a chest with a horn and a knife in it, but he is cracked on the head and lit on fire and almost dead. The wise woman comes, uh, the equivalent of a wisdom, and says, oh, he's going to die. Someone cracked his skull open. He's fucking dead. Yeah, and then Varen made it. On and then, Yes, and then Varen rides up and heals him up pretty good. And, and notably, Rand accidentally plays the game of houses so well that uh, he... <laughs> He's he a, ends up an uh, invitation to the king and to uh, Damodred's manor. <laughs> and really is set up for a terrific, really a very D&D. This, all, this could have been like in the D&D movie, the, this whole scene. But it's also, it's very... Oh, yeah. I don't know, it's very, yeah, it is very, it is suddenly... Suddenly the whole idea of the game of houses is just... We're in, like it's it's really funny. It's like really now we're in the we're visiting the noble setting where we're gonna go about the noblemen and do this part of the D and D campaign. It's really fun. Yeah. Well, and it's it's very much like touching on it, and it's like uh, the first introduction. You know, it's the bare bones, and like it's being tavern and Taviran and like accidentally being amazing at <laughs> dice Daimar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you can't, you know, it's it's almost like the game follows the same type of pattern that's being woven around Taviran, and he just naturally... It's almost like he's a main character that falls ass-first into success, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's almost like he's an anime main character. I mean, I mean, legitimately, legitimately, though, like, if you if you are thinking about it as, like, they see somebody coming in as like being heralded as a lord and is very clearly Andoran in speech like yep and you know that he visited the thing that Galtran was working on yep you have no idea about him other than that like it's easy to draw conclusions from it and like when he's talking to Bartains like the things that he says could easily be taken in a very political way if you were trying to think of him as trying to do that kind of thing. So it's it's less that he's falling ass first into it and they're twisting themselves up into their yeah. own production. Right. Yeah, no, oh yeah. And I mean that's fully this is like we're getting a full look at a bunch of people who have twisted <laughs> their own perceptions around each other. Yes. Uh, yeah, politics. It's time for politics. Uh, the king is digging up a gigantic sangreal to do horrible sorceries and end the world. <laughs> These kings of Caribbean are not smart kings. <laughs> There's a legacy of them fucking up. They're very prideful and very dumb about it. Well, the kings because are. It's, it's these Riotin kings. Yeah. Well, Riotin and Damadred both. Made oh yeah, and Dam Damadred mainly, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> he really yeah. fucked up. 
you don't cut well, down the fucking world tree or whatever when there are elves around. Yeah. It's very much tied up into how obsessed Carrion in general is with Diastimar. Yeah, and glory and legacy and nobility and yeah. Yeah. And well, because, re- reputation. Yeah, it's it's kind of a minor note, but like one of the one of the reasons that he did cut it down and why Lamont did cut it down to make the throne for himself. Um he was technically making it for Damadreds, and essentially he was saying, um, like we are the ultimate power in Carhian and we can do whatever we want. You know, it was a, a statement rather than a like but uh clearly it wasn't a very well thought through statement because it was more, <laughs> more concerned with how Carhian would see it than with how the Aeo might see it. Or the rest of the world. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Only wouldn't really understand or care as much, but it, it, yeah, if if it hadn't been that it was a gift from the Aeol and it had just been that they had somehow had their own tree of life, then like it would absolutely stand as like a political, a very strong political statement that House Damadred is just the like the line of kings of Carhian, right? You know. But unfortunately, the Aeol were involved, and yes. many people suffered. Yep. And then uh, Rand was born. Yep. Around the same time. Yep. In the TV show, the pregnant lady kicks like ten people's ass before. <laughs> before oh, giving birth. In, there's a whole karate kung fu. She comes out pregnant as shit doing kung fu. I guess, I mean, you know, it does give the impression that the Aeol are unbelievably badass. But there's a whole scene of pregnant kung fu. Yeah, the the problem is, is like, the, if it describes it later on in the books that if a maiden is, like, is with child, like, for the last, you know, month or so, like, she's just taken care of by other maidens. Sure, you yeah. Know? She's brought to battle to be, like, a, a um, what's, it, what's it called? The... Moral support? Monster, like, no, like, stitch up. Um, oh, people quick stitching and things like that not like full-on medical like the triage uh yeah medics. It's triage yeah. stuff like that's yeah. what they i hate when people say with child oh. <laughs> like, with child is like, so old school so. oh this book is very old school so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so no she wouldn't she would she would be capable of it as a maiden in the spear however she would not be actively doing it as a yeah. maiden in the spear which is probably, you know, it's reasonably why she was, like, alone when she was found, you know. Anyways, moving on. Um, yeah, so, the king should not be digging this thing back. up. Sorry? Yeah, the horn is rolling back. Yeah, very upsetting. Uh, there is a fire and an attack. The horn is stolen back, and uh, and Varen and Ingtar and everyone show up in time to to make a plan about what to do next because that is quite a setback. Really, yeah. 
I mean, I don't know what else they would have done other than all of them sitting in the room guarding it to all get attacked, but yeah, they really, they were really, and it was, it was anxiety inducing knowing that all three of them were just spending time sitting, you know, sitting on the most important artifact in the world, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, to be fair, like, Brad left for what, like 10 minutes, 20 yep. minutes to ride to the gate to ask if Angtar had come because he yep. does that every day. Because the faster that he can, you know, make sure that. Which is where he saw the sneaky man. Yes. <laughs> uh, that guy at the gate is a jerk, but he's scared of witches. Yep. I mean, it seems to be pretty prevailing opinion that being scared of witches is a good thing. Yeah. Or at least being cautious around them. At least being cautious around them. Uh, Perrin is uh, noticing a lot that everyone is changing. Yep. Rand has become a young lord. <laughs> Playing the and house of the game the house of games. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they, they go on an elaborate heist to sneak into the noble house of Barathenes Damadred, who is a dark friend. Yes. Rand gets cornered by some ladies, and so does Ingtar. Yep. Those ladies will come up again. That's that's what I mentioned. Right. One of them is named Elaine. Yep. Hurin... Very, very minor part here, and a fairly minor part later, but they do come up again, so... Hurin the Sniffer sniffs the path of the Dark Friends who took the horn and dagger down to a secret garden where there is a uh, a waygate. Yep. And at the waygate is when they try to open the waygate. Why is Rand so dumb? I mean... (laughs) Why did he open it right before anyone was even there? I mean, I guess it's... And honestly... Guess it's good that that's what happened. Yeah. Guess well, it's. I mean, also, also, it's it's kind of a um... misdirection a little bit, or no? It, it's a like the expectation was set that like Machinchin just wanders around. In right. The, right. Yeah. Room. Exactly. So yeah. The idea that it would be waiting there and trying to get out just would never occur to anyone who traveled regularly through the ways, let alone somebody who had only heard. Just little bits about it and had experienced it once, you know. With the with the scary shadow, that notwithstanding, I think just with how serious and how scary just the ways themselves were described, I when he like when he touched the tree the, the trifoil leaf, in my head I was like seriously like everyone's just upstairs. Why don't you just wait? You all just got back together. And you know what? It's because I hate it when the party is split up in a novel. <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always like this. I'm always like, the party just got back together. Everyone's here. Just chill your fucking underwear for a second, Rand. <laughs> but then it's good yeah, that no one... Yeah. It, it's good that no one sees him do a huge channeling immediately. <laughs> yeah. You, you also have that uh, DM's perspective of like, I just want you guys yeah. to just 
sit there for five minutes and be together, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, like, Rand also wasn't, like, expecting to go in or anything. Yeah. He specifically, like, was just showing here and, like, it's totally safe. We can do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly backfired very. But it's very just heavy. not safe. <laughs> we also got a little bit, um, a little tidbit that it started whispering his name, his yes. name specifically. In, in yeah. all of its gnashing and bleeding and singing your screams and eating your eyeballs, it knows Ooh. his name now. Great. That's great. Yeah, I'm a fan of that kind of shit for sure. Yeah. And Rand talks to Tom, who is now hesitating about rejoining the group. Tom Tom is quite Tom involved in the game of houses. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, he thought that Rand was done with Aes Sedai, but the Aes Sedai are clearly here again. It seems they are <laughs> not done with Rand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess we'll see what happens with Tom. But yeah, it does seem that he has become involved in the game of houses. Yes. So also, Matt played a uh, a servant very unhappily. Oh, Matt is so cranky, and also he is fucking dying. <laughs> very. Yeah. But very, it's, we're we're here. Uh, he's not doing good. Uh, Varen, in fact, says, I'm not sure to who, to Rand, or... But, well, Varen says, not only does he have weeks to live, but uh, he has physical strength, but even though his body withers away, like, he'll be able to yeah. walk and his talk and see him... Yeah, until, as his body withers away. Real lich shit. So, they gotta get that dagger back, because that's, yeah... For anyone just joining us, the reason Matt is sick is because he was bonded with a demonic dagger that has been stolen from him. So we got to get it back. And also the horn is unbelievably important because it's going to summon those green ghost men from the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And also Huron went through a short period of trying to out in the Kirhian in in terms of being a, the proper servant, manservant, then he realized that all of the Karhanan servants are trying to play the game of houses too, and he's like, oh, yep. I guess they're all assholes, and I don't really want to be like that. <laughs> I guess high school never ends, is what Huron says to himself. Yep. And Barathane's Damadred, the dark friend, has a message for Rand. He very clearly outed himself as a um, dark friend. Yeah, he was like, he even almost says it. He's almost like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> I mean, the fact that he said it like he's pointing out that the person that he talked to was working with Trollocs. Yeah. Like, he knew that Trollocs were around. He didn't That's raise it, them yeah. he didn't, Like, this is very clearly like, oh, you're obviously a dark friend. And yeah. you saying that out here in public where anyone can be around to hear this is a very dark friendly manner our friends have definitely stepped into all types of spidery webs yes 
Um, and so we head to Toman Head. Way back in way back in Fall Dara, Rand was washing a message off of the wall, inviting him to meet at Toman Head or something like that. Yep. It's never over, Althor. But to get but because the scary dark wind and yeah, by the way, we kind of briefly mentioned it, but Rand does a huge channeling when he sees yeah. the Machachin, the scary wind. Machin, yeah. The Machan Shin, yeah. Uh a huge channeling. That is all he's almost only breaking out of it by Loyal shutting the door. And he's he feels himself eroding as he blasts the scary wind. With the one with the greasy source. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so because they cannot use this waygate, we they are going off to another steading, not the one, not Shanghai. Sofu. Sofu. And Loyal doesn't think that this is great at all. Mm -hmm. He might be in trouble. The the Ogier in general might be worried about his wanderings. I don't know. Now we're getting ahead of where I've read. But it does seem that he is worried. And he does get in trouble about his wanderings. We're about to travel through very fast means to Toman Head, which should be theoretically the end hopefully it, we don't it has another, stealing one way and then stealing another way <laughs> it has certainly been set up that there will be some type of final conflict at Toman Head yes I'm yeah what, what do you think about all of this stuff um I mean this is this is more or less the kind of kind of the pace that the quote-unquote slowdown is at so like lots of like intimations about dice mr and like political maneuvering through wordplay and things like that right so i like it it's the it's the proverbial calm before the storm it's right the, yeah yeah it's the beginning of the escalation um, it's the part where the party gets to go to a fun party. <laughs> yes. To find out information. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Really it's about to it's about to go really fast and really crazy and a lot of really bad things are going to happen to a lot of really good people. Oh dear. Well, I suppose that's what a lot of a lot of fiction is about exactly that. Yes. I suppose that's what that's why yeah, I suppose that's why it works. Yep. The ups yeah, and downs and gonna, people we care about. Probably gonna read the next chapter like after we're done here. Cause this chapter is I don't know. Okay. It's one of my favorites. Oh. So. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna. This yeah, I'm gonna. The one, the one. The wheel weaves. Uh, mm -hmm. Tom Marilyn is at the bunch of grapes. 
Yep. <laughs> yeah, we only got a few. Yeah, we only got a few things left here. Great, neither do I. I also do not feel bad. <laughs> not too bad anyway. Um, yeah, where are we? What's going on? What's the haps? How's everyone doing? Last time we had visited the home... Had we visited the home of Barathenes? Yes, and played a little bit of the game of houses last time. Yes. And uh, then we were, I think we were just about to go to the setting, or we had gone to the setting. Oh, that's you know what? Yes, we're about to. And chapters thirty-four through thirty-seven. I have no no. I actually I do have one note because when I began when I went to make a note about chapter thirty-seven, I noticed that there were no notes. So the note that I have is oops. And I think what happened is I was so entranced in reading about the setting that those three chapters just washed over me. <laughs> so chapters 34 through 36, the one note I have is oops. And for chapter 37, the note I have is it stuff, meaning uh, <laughs> Stephen King's it. Which is... Uh, The thing that happens to Rand, although not not so much the uh, the things that might be, but a lot of the type of writing when Rand starts having craziness. And really, yeah. I wish I had written specific examples, but a lot of the Rand uh, perspective jumping around reminds me a lot of some things that happen the way that Stephen King's It is written. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. I don't know if anything I just I don't know if there were any full sentences in there, but that was very those were very unformed thoughts. But yeah, my 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 two word note it stuff. Yeah, stuff. Rand going Rand's yeah. a lot of the imagery of Rand's psychosis or whatever reminds me of that book. Right, that rotting from the inside and yes, yeah, and just the sort of all of the. And imagery is not even the right word, but the sort of the descriptions of feeling and touching other worlds or, be, or going from the really quick writing that goes from one set of images to another when Rand is kind of channeling. Um, yeah. Yeah, the kind, of, the kind of real fast, almost nonsensical, real, and I don't, I don't want to say high fantasy as in like elves, but like high fantasy as in you know uh smoking out. and then <laughs> uh yeah i was gonna say like out in the orbit of earth but also yeah smoking i think yeah that is another yeah another way to look at it which works with what i'm talking about yes yeah. so yeah sorry to get off on that yeah all of that right away but yeah the steading that's cool. That's what I wanted to say. And stupid I.O. woman breaking it, not just like at the start, but like 
Dozier keeps saying, like, stop, or put, put them away, put them away, and they're like, no, no, no. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh... They're a very warlike people. Yeah, I guess I'm not sure... I almost felt like there may have been some... Maybe it's just because they both like trees. I felt like maybe if the Aiel were there, they were there because... They were usually there because they have a strong... I felt like there might be some kind of connection until this kind of... I was surprised they were behaving like that because I was like, aren't these tree people? Don't they hang out in the trees with these Ogiers and be cool? And I guess not. Uh, <laughs> they do, do like trees. I think we talked a little bit about... About the Aeol Waste. Oh, yeah. I, talked about, I know that the last Aeol we saw talked about the Threefold Land and how it was uh, made to punish them and forge them and all of that. Yeah. I meant I meant that they like trees because they went and killed a guy. Yeah, about the tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. specifically the Tree of Life. It, that's an like, important one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah so there are one finds to be very uh, very important which is why he cut it down in the first place because it's such an important tree we went over that last time <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 yeah. who uh sorry what was uh who's the guy that sinned uh Lamont Lamont's right, okay, pride. yeah, yeah. Lamont's pride, right. Yeah, yeah. So I love the Ogier, I love their little houses, I love their big furniture, I love hobbits and wood elves. <laughs> yeah. Also, we got the I think we left off just before the Tom perspective chapter. Oh, so... I think so. Yes. Yes, we did. Sure, totally, yep. Yeah. So, so she's we, dead. Yeah. Dan uh, <laughs> is dead. That was... And uh, Tom's not happy about it. And uh, he needs somebody to kill for it. Yeah, so that's very surprising. Uh, those bad guys were guys that worked for Barathenes? They worked maybe for Daltrian. Oh, they worked for the fucking king? It worked for the king. Looking for the horn or looking for Rand the Dragon Reborn or some other plot of houses? Something like that, yeah. They're okay. looking for <laughs> one of those. How Tom knew the foreign lord. Man, they just go around murdering people for this house game that they play. Yeah. They really like houses. They're they're all all the nobles are architects. Very uh very intense architects. Oh yeah. This game of houses. You know. Whoever can build the most fanciest house and kill the most people preventing them from building houses. You're not I mean not nothing really. Nothing you're saying is incorrect. I mean, that is, you know, that is it. That is nobility. That is Perhaps. literally how politics works. Yes. 
Or figuratively, if we are talking about a literal yeah. house. Although, often a literal house is involved. A literal and figurative house. Houses all the way down. So yeah, and Tom... Tom is... Tom does not want to get wrapped up in Rand's Wheel of Time bullshit. But mm -hmm. we'll see. Yeah, not anyways. Yeah. I mean, you think he's definitely wrapped up in Rand's specific Wheel of Time bullshit? Or he's just in the plot line now? Tom. Um, I mean, it's basically Rand, Matt, and Perrin. Remember, they're all Taviran. Yeah. So, like, everyone that they interact with is getting pulled into the... I can't remember the name for it. Um, the web of yeah, whatever. The web of whatever. Yeah, I know. I know you. Yeah, <laughs> I know about yeah, the web that of old whatever. that old tongue words. Tomorrow Island, the web of destiny. Yep. So you ever, everyone's um, getting pulled into that. You ever see that movie Wanted with Angelina Jolie and Professor X and uh, Chris Pratt yeah. is in it? You have? Yes. Where, uh... He, that's the Curving Bullets one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where there's a loom of fate or whatever, and they weave a, yep. a tapestry of fate. Yeah, and Morgan Freeman yeah. reads it, and it says, Kill Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the web of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The The... Is it actually called, like, Threads of Fate? It's called, like, Wanted something of... I don't, or, like... Is it? I only I, know of it as Wanted. Unless there's, like, a sequel that I missed. Is that movie not called Wanted? I think it is. Yeah, oh, oh okay. I must. I think I misheard something you just said then. Oh, you think it's just called Wanted? I yeah, feel like, like it, it is. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of like a... I could even be thinking of... Oh, yeah, you're right. I could even be thinking of a video game or something. Anyway, yeah. That's relevant because it also has weaving threads of fate together, I guess. <laughs> Suddenly. That's a very silly movie. And yeah. And so not only has Nynaeve seen... Other things that might be a couple chapters ago, when yeah, when I when I when I made the note, it stuff. Rand was seeing all of the things that might be, and I may have. What did I say in the on Discord? I made some comment about Rand seeing all the things. Oh yeah, <laughs> now I don't know because you you did you did you did, did you trick me on purpose by telling me that. Egwene was gonna die, <laughs> and now I've seen her die, <laughs> kinda. And now I don't know you if she's gonna die or not. Now I'll never know. Okay, ago. so now I have to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's what. Well, many of the things that might be involve Egwene being dead. Yes, and that tears Rand apart. Yeah, he doesn't like it. He doesn't like all. Of, he doesn't like any of the things that might be. Well, I mean, they do all in the same way. 
I would again. Yeah, Aaron. that's right. <laughs> Bro always wins. Balzaman always gets loose Theron on every turn of the wheel. This has all happened before, and it has all happened, and it will shit. <laughs> and it will shit. Um, maybe this will be the episode where I ask you about a bunch of different things that come to mind. Uh, sure. How about how about Battlestar Galactica? Yes, I know. I've watched the first season and the last episode. Oh man! Wow, <laughs> I feel like I didn't miss anything. You might not. I, yeah, I honestly, it's been a long time, and I really, I don't think it's on anything. But I want to watch it again. But that, uh, yeah, that is where the phrase "this has all happened before, and it will all happen again," which is, you know, which is kind of what we're doing here with Luz Theron and Balls Amon. Balls, man. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I, I like all the stuff that might be. Yeah, yeah Balzaman is gonna break the wheel. He's gonna stop the end. He's gonna free Luz Theron, aka Rand, aka the Dragon Reborn, by killing everybody and all of his eternally looping karmic horror show, <laughs> Deaths of Egwene. And uh, mm. rebirth, and yeah, break the world permanently, and rebirth it into a world of darkness. Why is that a desirable goal for these arch fiends? Why do they want to rebirth? Why do they want to bathe the world in darkness? Well, yeah. <laughs> why, is, why is that I, I the default the goal? <laughs> Sorry. Put a, put a pin, pin this note and like okay. put it somewhere and like we'll get back to it after <laughs> after the next book. Okay. Because there's something, something very important about that particular question and why do arch fiends want to cloak the world in darkness by default? <laughs> okay, there we go. Pinning it. Okay, great. Yeah, we'll find out. Maybe this guy has a good reason. It, I mean, sometimes they're just bitter. I don't know what the I don't know what Sauron's deal was. He was like I don't know. I don't know why he wanted to cloak the world in an age of darkness. I mean, I guess mostly they just want to be in charge, and darkness is their tactic, so... Yeah. Yeah. So it works, yeah, it's a, you know, one thing leads to the other. I feel like Sauron was, like, specifically evil. No, like, he, he kind of hated humans because humans were killing him and, like, fighting him and stuff, but he, he wasn't, like... He didn't not treat humans who submitted to him unkindly. Or any of the mortals who did. Yes. So. Uh, yeah. I think mainly what he did, the elves didn't like him ripping up trees. I mean, I get he tortured Gollum. <laughs> that was he turned he, he turned some kings into ring wraiths. <laughs> he tortured Gollum, so the entire world has to fight him now. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing was revenge for Gollum. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah, I mean, I guess 
once war breaks out, he's, but it is a very, you can definitely do, I mean, as a matter of fact, there is a, I think the book is called The Last Ring Bearer. There's, there's a book about, basically, it presents uh, Mordor as, you know, this industrialized nation, and there's, you know, a bunch of elves outside that want to stand in the way of progress, and it's, you know, it's the, yeah. the story from Mordor's perspective. So, yeah, absolutely. It's it's what do they call it when history is told by the victors? The other yeah, guy ends up being know, evil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then, thing is, please, um, we got confirmation that Machinchin was in fact following Rand around. Oh yeah, scary. That's not what you want. <laughs> you don't want that again. Ways are over. They're over for Rand. Our two journeys through it, we're done. (laughs) Oh, is that it totally? That's it for the... Or... Uh, Because Rand... Wait, did Rand? (laughs) Rand didn't go through twice. Did we go through? We kind of went through. We did. As readers, we did. But I don't think Rand did. Rand didn't enter. Because the second time he was in front of a waygate, the Manchinchen was there. Yeah. Yeah, but... That also made it so that uh, Leandrin, not Leandrin, was it Leandrin? Leandrin. Leandrin does and, go through the ways. Yeah, and yes. takes the girl through the ways. Yes. And safe because Machinchin is waiting for Rand at a different place. So does uh, so? Yeah, should we? Should we do a spoiler? If anyone at this point, why are you listening to this if you're not prepared for spoilers? But should we do a spoiler about Leandrin? Because my question is, is there any other reason that the Dark Wind does not bother her? Because maybe they're friends. Um, well, Varen specifically talks about the fact that Machinshin can't be controlled by uh, agents of the Dark One. It kills them okay. indiscriminately. It okay. kills trolls as easily as humans. We've seen that. Yeah. So, the one person that it hasn't killed, that we know of, that it had to have interacted with, was Patton Fane. That's right. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Bad guy. Oh, yeah, someone... <laughs> very unfortunate, but also, yes, very terrible. <laughs> Nynaeve and Elaine get a glimpse of Patton Fane down in old Falmay. Yeah. He's hanging out. He's hanging out. Dude, he's wheeling and dealing. He's moving up in the world. Yeah. Yeah. He's working with uh, High Lord Turok. Turok. Dinosaur Hunter. Right. I was about to say, he doesn't seem to have a bow in this. Or... <laughs> these guys, these Sean Sean, they slur their speech. Yes. I haven't figured out exactly what real world thing or whatever it's trying to infer. But I saw a picture of one of their helmets in yes. on the title of on the head of one of their chapters, so I get it, yeah. But uh yeah, I haven't picked up on what their speech affect is, but um Yeah, we got Lord Torak, they're they got an empress that they're all afraid of, that they are in service to which well i don't oh yeah 
I think they said I think they've said it like twice, which is really weird because like throughout the rest of it, they talk like they say nonstop. The Empress makes you live forever. Oh, okay. That is the specific way that they address the Empress every single time. Yeah, um, it's interesting and kind of weird that they don't like. I there's a good reason for for them not doing it. Um, but like it's a very complex thing that you won't know about until book twelve. <laughs> so. Great, great. I I look forward to it then. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> and you probably like won't even make the connection at that point. Um, I mean, it it depends because like it has a lot to do with Seroth, and you've already seen Seroth interacting with Leandrin. Yep. And I was gonna yeah. I was going to mention Surath, Surath and Turok, and I'm not totally sure if all of these Sean are. It, it seems like perhaps Surath maybe is involved in some branch of these Sean Johns that is wrapped up with. I'm going to start calling them Sean Johns by accident. That is wrapped up with dark friends, but I'm not sure if Turok and all of the Sean Chan are dark friends or if they just hang out with monsters. And I'm not also not sure how either of those factions are wrapped up with the truth seekers or the questioners. And I'm also not sure if those are the same entity, the truth seekers and the questioners. There's a lot of, there's a lot of groups uh, in Falmay yeah. here coming together yeah. that I'm not totally positive on. Yeah. Who's who. Yeah. I mean, we'll, you'll figure out about it eventually, but like truth seekers are sort of a parallel to the questioners. Oh, okay. Are... Yeah. Like, Basically, the way it is, is like, Sean Chan is run by more or less people who are like the children of the light. Yes. Yeah, seems it, yeah. In terms of, like, strictness and, like, yep. being, like, the laws is absolute. But they're not, they're not actually the children, and they're not, like... Okay. Hardcore about the light. They're not hunting out, like... Like every single Shanshan person isn't trying to hunt down evil right. people. They're just they're just a country that like is taking back the land that was once theirs. Is there something about the questioners wearing like some of them wearing a blue slash or so sash that represents some other getting involved with some other place or something? Uh they were talking about them wearing like different clothes, like the clothes of Terraboners and the clothes yeah. of the yeah. Oh, okay, and the 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 our 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 children uh, narrator guy thought it yeah. odd that they were kind of falling into the traditions of these other places, or that they were beginning to well do so or be involved or something with yeah something. There was I remember something were, being first. <laughs> yeah. So so basically like. There were some children of the light who were working, who he had sent to work with questioners who were being dressed as Terraboners. Some were being dressed as uh, Domani, and some were being dressed as like followers of the dragon. Okay. So, and they were all going around killing people of different factions. Okay. So, kind of like intimating, like, Clearly, they're trying to instigate war between yeah. these groups. So, yeah. <laughs> so, 
which he's totally okay. not okay with because okay, he's like, yeah. oh, we're, we were here to like stop things from getting worse here. Why are we like instigating war? I got it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes yes. Okay. So that is more or less separate from the Sean Chan and the truth seekers. Yes. Okay. All right. So I got that straight now. Great. It does. Yeah. I think the way, and even especially the way that the truth seekers are spoken of in like a sense of, Oh, you don't want to hear, you don't want these guys coming here the same way the questioners are spoken of. Yes. Uh, sort of got that tied up in my head. Yeah. And we got a little bit more about the early days of training as an Aes Sedai, the novice days. Yeah. You do a lot of washing dishes. Yep. It's like, it's like uh, the Karate Kid. Mr. Miyagi comes over, he, he has you come over and sand his whole deck. <laughs> and the whole time you're sanding the deck, you're learning how to block punches. Although I don't know if they're learning how to cast spells by washing dishes all day. They're learning discipline. They're building, they're building discipline. Yeah. Because that's the only way to build discipline, right? Wash, wash my dishes. That'll teach discipline. Uh, is there, does Egwene have something, uh, oh, or is it, is it later that they decide that Egwene has a rocky power? It's not, it's not here that Egwene. Later, yeah. Okay. I mean, but, we're going to cover it anyways, but yeah, yeah. she, her, her ability to, like, just, like, find or basically. Yeah. So. I mean, it's, that's. They talked, yeah, they talked a little bit about affinities, affinity for one of the weaves like fire water spirit earth in this case so, so basically like she has an affinity for earth okay for earth weaves this is uh that yeah but before we find that out she's hanging out with her friends and uh boy f god boy fuck leandrin <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's I, uh, she's pretty, pretty evil <laughs> is she is she black aja that's a, that's the spoiler i guess i mean that's yeah i mean that's kind of the the indication that we're getting right now um it's not like there's no confirmation of it yeah i feel like yeah. it didn't that's what kind of what i was saying about seraph that she didn't specifically say that they were serving a dark lord or you know Falls yeah, on but they're both serving the same person. Yeah, so. who is a nasty bastard, <laughs> and one of them yeah. is gonna enslave the other. Yeah, Leandrin and Sarath don't seem to be friends. Leandrin is friends with nobody. She's nobody's friend. If she was an ice cream flavor, she'd be pralines and dick. <laughs> That's from. You ever see Wayne's World? I pro yeah, I don't know what it, I don't yeah. know. Maybe yeah. at this hour in the <laughs> I know that that's from somewhere. <laughs> at this hour in the morning, it's just for some reason. Maybe I don't know. For some reason, I'm full of references today. Yeah, uh, I mean, I almost thought that Leandrin was going to be the kind of mean one that we don't really like. Hey, we haven't heard from Celine in a while. Rand's having a whole other adventure while these guys are man, boy, a lot of a lot of stuff has happened. Yeah. 
<laughs> Everyone's in trouble. Like, once you carry in, like everything just shoots off and things yeah. just go happen, go, go, go. And we're almost every single book. <laughs> you hit a point later on and just things start firing off. That's good. The pacing seems really correct to me. Yeah. And um Yeah, and we're like I mean we're like almost I think the next time we talk about this it'll be our full Yeah. Our full cover. We'll yeah. We can move on to book three or if we want to move on to a different book for I'll tell you what, man. If you want to, if you want to read the stand, we can. But if you want to, it's your choice. Book three or the stand, unless you have a third choice. But I'm fine with three. I, I would, I would go for three personally, okay. just because I always like when I started, I just want to finish it, <laughs> finish the series again. So at this point, I'm at this point, absolutely. At this point, I'm completely yeah. Let's just you want to, all right? You want to make it you official? That's what we're doing. Sure. Okay. I might read my. I might read the stand. You know, at the same time, I've been reading other books, okay. obviously. Yeah, no, um, that's totally. Fine. But if you feel like it would be fun to read, I mean, if you have, you know, you've expressed I, like not much interest in Stephen King, and that's fine. But yeah, if you feel like, if, go if ahead, I didn't sorry. have work every day, I would. I would definitely <laughs> put it on the list. But like, yeah. reading my other books plus reading okay. this, reading this along with you, and then going to work, and so. Great. That's that's enough for, me for now. <laughs> yeah, maybe, it sounds, yeah. Maybe I'll actually write one of my books and make you know hundred thousand dollars and be like, okay, I'll just write for a living and then read. Is that <laughs> how much they pay for a book? <laughs> is that the, <laughs> is that the reward for writing a book? I should I should write one. I mean, I mean if you make a good enough one. Yeah, people will pay you enough money to live off of it well i hope you do thank you um yeah so because of leandrin uh nynaeve and elaine are on the run and uh, min is hanging out with eguine who has been enslaved to find rocks and has a horrible mm -hmm. magical warlock chain around her throat because Leandrin oh, sold her ass. Good morning, Jasper. <laughs> He's watching his TV. He's talking to it. So, but yeah. So, Egwene gets captured. Min stabs a guy's hand. Almost oh, dies. Yeah. Um, Elaine and Nynaeve make it out. Elaine thinks that uh, the equivalent is kind of like she thinks that three thousand dollars isn't enough to last them more than a week. Yeah, she. Did. It's like, <laughs> and I'm like no, no, this is, this is lots of money. Don't worry about it. Do you know there's a the meme from Arrested Development of the lady saying, "How much could a banana cost? Twenty dollars." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Soon, that's not going to be funny. <laughs> that's that's lame. That's lame. That's yeah. Point. yeah. That's like the, she makes that actual joke. It's great. <laughs> yeah. So Elaine underestimates how much how far money can stretch, and Nynaeve overestimates uh, how 
good money is in a war zone. <laughs> right, fully. Things are yeah. scarce, and merchants don't really travel. <laughs> Man, all kinds of shit is going on. Uh, the the riverboat captain is here. Is his name Domon? Yeah, yeah. Bail Domon. Bail Domon is here. Uh, they're talking about <laughs> shipping Eguin across the sea. Yeah. Bail Domon meets Ijianen, the female Shanshan captain. Yes. Always Who so many names. Steals his, <laughs> she steals his... Uh, I mean, we talked about it before, because it was, it was in another chapter, but like... The thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. The hearthstone. Is it a hearthstone or heart? Is it How many H's? Just one H. One H. Hearthstone. Okay. <laughs> Got it's it. Wendelar. Yeah, she stole that and gave it to the High Lord, and he yep. was like, "Hey, that's mine, but you can totally have it." And they're like, "Oh, she already gave it to me." It's like, "Yeah, but it wasn't hers. <laughs> you can't just like." High she Lord... stole it from you, fair and fair, but we're totally like law-bound people. No, no, but well, it's laws that the laws that benefit us, of course, because we are the yeah. citizens that fall under the law, and you're a riverboat captain who you know as you know needs to. You know, plead before us so that we don't torment you or, you know. Anyway, <laughs> this Lord Turok has got quite a collection now. Yeah. He's got all the shit. He's got the Hearthstone. <laughs> Horn of Valir. And uh, Magic Matt Dagger. And Matt is becoming quite a ghoul. <laughs> yep. He's very, uh, very ghoulish. And uh, Rand has Horn traveled through time. Tell me about Matt. Matt, who also is traveled through, very adamant that he's never going to betray Rand. Now, <laughs> something happened to him in that three-month period of living alternate lives. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He does not want to betray Rand ever. That's right. Everyone. Yeah. Not only did Rand do some it stuff and see the things that might be. The whole, that whole party, basically, basically the boys. It's basically boys and girls in this book, kind of. So yeah. basically the boy, the boys and Varen <laughs> yeah. all, all got to see things. Like, it's a very funny, like, it's a coming of age series, but not like <laughs> in a very, very convoluted and like multi-tiered way, like not just like, oh, it's some teenagers coming to terms with some single aspect of life that they learn that life lesson. No, it's like, this is how people grow into all aspects of life. Like, Yeah. It's cool to look at a lot of possibilities of the things that could happen to Rand and, and the rest of them, even though we're, we know we're spending a lot of time in Rand's head and, and his, his things that may be, but it's, yeah, it's cool to, it's cool to know that there's going to be 13 more books to see which of these things becomes the most likely. Yeah. I'm starting to take notes more and more uh, in depth and writing down more names and stuff, but it's starting to look like the notes I would take when I'm playing like Dungeons and Dragons as a player. I need to <laughs> write down the names of yeah. the lords and the mayors and stuff. Yeah, starting to look like the vampire map. Right. <laughs> Drawing connections to, yeah. All right. So yeah. So somehow Rand, 
during all of the things that may be, they end up missing two months or so. So we don't exactly know when they are in regards. They're in the same area, Tominhead, where Fane mm-hmm. and Egwin and everyone else is, but we don't really know when both well, parties are because of because of Rand. We kind of have an idea okay. because they talked about having trained in the White Tower for like a month. They talked about oh, like okay. a number of weeks that they had been doing things. Sure, okay. And, like, Lenive was there a week? No, she was there three days before she had her test, her okay. testing. And then, yeah, they've talked about several weeks since then, and then that was when Leandrin came in, and they went through the ways, and that was an extra day that they were there, and then um, traveled to Faum from the Waygate was a day, and then uh, Egwin, just in this last chapter, talked about the weeks that she's been there. So we know that it's been a a couple months, two and a half-ish months, where, where they're at from when they left. So they're basically at the same time period right now. We're close to landing at the same... Pl- okay. Um, yeah. But Egwene has undergone a lot of training as a domain. Yeah, which is terrible. She's being tortured and tormented all day long and made yeah. to find rocks. Breaking, yeah, breaking, breaking her spirit. Breaking, they've broken already some Aes Sedai. Yeah, there's a named unhappy Aes Sedai hanging out um, who is called Pura, like the lady from Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild. Uh, but that's not, that's what she's called. That's not her actual name. Her actual name doesn't occur it's to me. Rhy- okay, Rhyna? Rhyma. Or Rhyame. Okay, yeah. So they are, they're enslaving these women. This is a group of the the yeah. the enslavers are not magic using at all. Only their equipment enslaves witches because it seems uh, hypocritical. Yeah, that's the idea. Um, it's very funny because they talk about like and this. This occurred to me this read through. Like they talk about like oh they can't be trusted. Like these women can't be trusted with that power. Why can these Soldam be trusted with that power any more than yeah? There is there is a yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's Unless something so them are as much possessions as the domain are which they are not like they're treated with less trust than like nobility but more trust than the average person which makes no sense right? it, yeah no because it doesn't it's just as easy for one of them to be corrupt as it would be for the original Chandler to be corrupt you didn't change how much corruption there was <laughs> you know <laughs> you just shifted it to a new person is all you did like the the three laws do a much more effective job of keeping power in check than <laughs> that's something that, well well if you're the one making the laws it's easy for you to say well our laws keep the power in check because these women are following our laws and I'm the empress who's going to live forever and we are you know right because we own the whole world, and yeah, my women are going to follow my laws and enslave everyone else. Difference being, 
the three oaths being sworn on uh, Tarangreal, like makes it literally impossible Actual, for them to right. break that. Yeah. They, they cannot physically do it. <laughs> they cannot bring themselves to break any of those oaths. It is impossible for them to. So the three oaths are a much better way to prevent them from being in power than putting a collar on their neck and giving the leash to another person who can easily just be as corrupt as the person in the first right. place. Yeah. So these are very bad women working with, you know, the the bad guys. Uh and yeah. uh they are enslaving witches. And that's terrible. And they're treating Egwene very poorly. And they're gonna ship her off back to Shan Shan country. Mm-hmm. Present her to the Empress. And kind of through, and actually, yeah, really through Rand's perspective, we kind of see, I mean, we've seen sort of what the occupation of Falme is like and how, you know, it, you know, they, they let the people have their weapons and no one would dare, you know, rise up against them and everyone's trusted and stuff. But sort of in the in the countryside from Rand's perspective, we see the sort of like slot, wholesale slaughter that has occurred as the Shan Shan have, you know, taken claim of you know the land and have occupied Falme. um yeah some somewhat but remember that's also a lot to do with the questioners inciting war between okay. all the different factions out there so okay that too a lot of things yeah. are going on yeah it's funny because like someone's been going yeah. around blowing shit up with lightning bolts yeah or maybe just burning stuff down inside. Make an example of people. That's that's one hundred percent true. Yeah. Oh, uh, Egwene's got a new name now. Oh yeah, is it Tulim? Like <laughs> Tulim. Tulim is the is from Zelda's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tulu. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and we're, we're right at the end now. We're we've got that one final push, and we'll see how they all come back together, and we'll have a final climactic uh, interaction. It'll yeah, be great. It'll be there'll be quite a few really good reveals, and okay. I love it. Oh yeah, I love this. It's, uh. A lot of interesting and very important things about the Horn of Valir will be revealed very subtly, as per, as <laughs> is always the case. Right. Reveals of things that you don't realize are revealed until... Trickle-down reveals. Seven or eight down, down the line. <laughs> Did, uh... You saying the word reveal so much, oh, do I see a cat? <laughs> uh, it causes me to, to to think about the fact that we have not seen Celine in, in a minute. Yeah, it's true. Um, we're not really going to see her for quite a while. Um, oh, like not in this book? No. Not in this book. Oh man, uh, I thought I thought she would be a reveal. I thought we would find out she was someone we knew. I feel like she's. I still feel like yeah. There's something. There's gonna be a, a reveal about her. She will be revealed. Yeah. She's got secrets. Yeah. She stinks. 
Yeah, I think she makes one single appearance in the next book. Yeah, y yes. Interesting, yes. interesting. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Okay, cool. I don't think she's anywhere else. She might. She might have one other brief, brief mention. Oh man, Jasper. I, I, yeah, I agree with Jasper. He wants some time with Dad now. Yeah. Yeah. He also wants to say hi to you. Oh, hello, hi. Jasper. How are you doing? <laughs> Is it great to be bouncing around on the West Coast on a Tuesday morning? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sounds sounds intense. Sounds awesome. Yeah. So I'm yeah. excited. Awesome. We'll finish the book. We'll finish the book this week and yep. we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, that's great. At the end of the week. Eight chapters. I yeah, absolutely. I mean I'll yeah. Yeah. It's only a chapter and a half a day ish not even yeah i mean i know it's not even and i'm definitely yeah and i've been and you know what this one has been it's been interesting because i feel like well maybe it's because i think about vampire a lot on the weekend like saturday well really maybe even just friday and saturday i think about vampire a lot and then like uh then like monday and tuesday and wednesday i'm like reading like two or three chapters a day and that's sort of what happens and then yeah. towards the weekend i'm editing and stuff so it's sort of it's yeah it's been so it's been different. I haven't been like it hasn't been like how many am I reading per day really because I've been reading like in a yeah. chunk. But uh, yeah, I like I like how I've uh, yeah the way I've consumed this one has has been worked out different. for me. Yeah, yeah, no, a little different than the last one. Yeah, but I find myself yeah. I find myself drawn in for like a chunk of chapters more now yeah. that I'm invested a little more. Yeah. And it's it's a lot easier, like I said, like uh, the first book being written as a, technically a standalone, like theoretically it, it was written with the idea that it could be done completely by itself and like that would just be a one and done. And totally. So it has it has a slower startup and like now you don't need to get like 10, 12 chapters in before you're actually invested. <laughs> In it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You do, yeah. You already yeah, have there's that groundwork that needs to, yeah, pulling you further and further. I can't wait for book nine. Oh man, book yeah, that's great. Is that your favorite one? Um, no, but that's. I would say that is the. Oh. Uh, it's the reaching Kerhian of the series. Okay. Where things start really? snowballing okay. and like going, going fast and going fast. Sure. Going fast. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. The whole series functions the same as the as a single book. <laughs> you hit a certain point and things just start happening. That's how it should be, you know? <laughs> it's, Yeah. I keep saying it over and over and you know you know what I'm talking about like this is just like 
such an amazingly written series. Like I can't, I can't compare it to. I can compare it to any to a bunch of others, but like I can't say that there's sequel. any that yeah. are written quite as as well as thoroughly connected and like well thought out as this one. You know, layers and layers of world building. Yeah. That is fed to you in a very, you know, in a satisfying way that introduces you, that brings you into this world, yeah. Yeah, it's not like uh, the Lost Books or whatever from Tolkien, where it's like, here's a bunch of world building that I couldn't figure out how to... It's <laughs> 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 yeah, like, okay, yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. It's, it's the history, it's what, what happened in the background, you know? <clears throat> All right, well, yeah, thank you uh, for talking to me about it. Yeah, it's um, fun. Can't wait for, for next yeah, time. Let's, yeah, let's, let's get it. Let's, let, let us consume it. What, uh, yeah, so you think uh, Oracle of... You think Oracle of, Oracle of Ages is the one I'm playing. You think that that's a correct choice for something to do? Yeah, I mean, uh, Ages and Seasons are both, like, really good. Good games. And... Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. As always, thank you so much for listening to Maybe We'll Talk, a podcast where I talk to my friends. Uh, on the next episode, which should be up maybe even today, but within a few days this weekend for sure, and I am really late. Um, is going to be about Nightmare on Elm Street 5 uh, with the whole gang, well, with a, with a very large portion of the gang, and, uh, yeah, and that, and it has, this one happens to have a bunch of poop stories in it. It, really, it's my fault. I kept bringing it up, I think. But we'll, but you'll see. It's gonna, I, I, for some reason, I have a feeling, well, people have been asking me when the poop episode is coming out. Maybe, I'm not going to bill it like that. Maybe I won't mention it again, but if you're, if you've been listening to this and you plan on listening to the next episode, you'll see. After that, we're going to have the final wrap-up of The Great Hunt uh, with Alex, uh, which we recorded yesterday, so I'll be publishing that. Yeah, maybe at the end of this weekend I'll be... Yeah, and after that, I believe will be Chicago by Night, which I have yet to record with Saint, so I'm going to be reading up on that the rest of today. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Thank you so much for listening to my stupid podcast. You can uh, check out my stuff on koyadk.tv. That's C-U-Y-A-D-K dot TV. And, uh, yeah, you can find links to my Etsy and buy soap from me and support me on Patreon or Twitch or check me out on various other places and social media platforms and whatever videos and pictures and soap and stuff and all of my internet things so really yeah check that out thank you for being here and oh yeah i didn't even mention if you would like to come and talk to me about poop <laughs> well you can go over to koyadk.tv and get a link to my discord and uh talk to us about all the things that we talk about yeah i look forward to talking Maybe we'll talk.
To some extent, I just have not really ever since lockdown in 2020 and the began the first COVID everything. I just, I really haven't. I haven't been anywhere. I, I've barely been in a few places with a lot of people, and I've found that I no longer have a taste for it. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of people who realize that they were far more introverted than they knew, and that- now they have to deal with going back to not being as introverted anymore i think i think that that's i think that that is exactly what happened to me and like now i'm so comfortably introverted like i've like just like i'm so i'm so in a mode where i never have to talk to anyone or explain myself that now trying to and interacting with people and especially going anywhere with yeah boy yeah it's a little it's i'm just so used to not having to be uncomfortable yeah. at all around people. Yeah. I think also, like, to to a certain extent, like, there are a lot more people, like, higher on the spectrum than they thought they were because they learned how to interact with people having that same thing where they don't have to make faces anymore. They don't have to adjust yeah. their face. And then now the masks are off and they have to adjust their face again and it's a whole thing. And they're like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to pretend to be the person anymore. <laughs> Why should I do that? Uh, yes. <laughs> I yes. Th- yeah, I feel like a lot of people probably realized a lot of things about themselves <laughs> for the past oh! couple of years. Yeah, Jasper knows. Yeah, he's feeling yeah, the man. same thing. Feeling it. 